Hello, we welcome you back to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast. Today with your hosts Bernhard Gunther and Laura Matsu. And the topic of this episode is the difference between matrix relationships and evolutionary relationships. That's a very important and relevant topic in this day and age that's coming up for many people we see, you know, uh, also with the work Laura and I are doing. So we want to dive deeper into this topic and all it entails. But before we dive into, I uh, just want to announce again that we have another round coming up, the fifth round of our private group coaching program, Time of Transition Embodied Soul Awakening. And it starts August 23rd until November 2nd. It is limited to 25 people and is by application, on, uh, by application only. Um, so the enrollment and application phase has started. You guys can apply in the link below in the info section and find out more about it on my website, veilofreality.com. And, you know, this course is really a foundational course we have developed over the years based on our experience of really decades of working with people one-on-one -on -one with thousands of people, literally from our retreats as well, in our own inner work and studies and experiences to really combine the necessary inner work in this day and age with the, quote, outer work, right? That's really also the uh, foundation of the work um, on my website and the uniqueness of the program to bring both together because we really need to become the spiritual warriors in this day and age and step up to the plate because obviously you know there's the crackdown of the matrix forces we see this in the world out there but it has triggered an awakening as well so there's definitely an awakening happening but we need to stand up to the plate so to speak answer the call and do the necessary inner work on a holistic level and this program is based on what we call the fourfold approach of holistic self-work working on all levels physical emotional psychological and spiritual the inner work holistically integral in context of the outer work right in light of the matrix forces the globalists what we're seeing happening right now how we can counteract the anti-divine forces but also in light of the evolution of consciousness right and divine will and what is trying to anchor itself here and really the shadows coming out um, in the collective and within ourselves. So also shadow work is the name of the game. And again, it's August 23rd until November 22nd, limited to 25 people. The application process has already started. Find out more about it at veilofreality.com or in the info, info section. And yes, some of the topics we'll be exploring is, as I just mentioned, right, the fourfold approach of holistic self-work, what it truly entails, uh, the traps on the path towards awakening. And also, we start you guys off on the foundational body-mind practice because it is important, very important to get out of our heads into our bodies. And it will be put into context of um, the evolution of consciousness. We are also looking at it through the lens of evolutionary astrology which listeners know is uh, Laura's expertise. That's very profound. That's not your typical mainstream astrology. It's more esoteric type uh, of astrology. It looks deep into soul purpose, lessons, karma, and past lives. And then obviously we look into shadow work because shadow work is the name of the game, right? We see it happen uh, coming out in the world and within ourselves. So we need to apply conscious shadow work, which seems to be some sort of hyped word in this day and age, but still don't see many people truly understanding the principles that alone really truly apply it. So we dive deeper into that. 
um, also basic trauma work, childhood wounds, and all of that. That's coming up for us in many different ways. So we need to engage in the uh, necessary psychological work so we don't fall into the trap of spiritual bypassing. And we really approach it somatically. So it's not just talk therapy. So we have all kinds of uh, many different practices, exercises uh, that uh, really approach this work on a foundational uh, level and with great, great results uh, based on the uh, participants that have joined the courses so far. And we also look, you know, into fringe and the occult knowledge, hyperdimensional matrix, entity interference, psychic attacks, the uh, popular Agent Smith syndrome, right? If you're aware of it, that's really prevalent in this day and age and how we can handle these forces, right? In context of the inner work to close off the entry points. Uh, we also be looking into how to access the true self, right? We Most of us, we identify with the false personality, but we need to connect to our true self and essentially to our deeper intuition and the higher mind as well. So we uh, do not need, do not look outside for guidance anymore, but can trust ourselves more and more. And obviously it ties us into emotional intelligence and all of that. And ultimately, it's also about building a relationship to the divine. So we look into that because we need to bring God and the divine into the picture. But obviously, we're not talking about some dogmatic God outside of ourselves, but accessing the divine within. And how can we do it? How can we work consciously with prayer and assisting forces that are all around us so we can enter the flow of life with more faith and trust, ties into understanding universal laws, timeline, realm dynamics, because as we have talked about before, we are going, going through a splitting within humanity, right? There's a natural splitting based on level of being and soul embodiment. So it's important to understand that as well. Ties also into reality creation and soul resonance and ultimately aligning with divine will, which is our true essence and a deeper soul purpose for being here. And ultimately, we also obviously we'll look into spiritual warriorship and what that entails, because we don't want to use spirituality as an escape from the world, but to step up to the plate as a spiritual warriors in service to the divine. So we need to really apply the warrior archetype in our everyday life. And last but not least, obviously, as many of you have already experienced or are experiencing relationships take on a whole new level when on the path of seeking truth and self-work. So we dive deeper into evol evolutionary relationships and evolutionary conscious relationships. And we will also then uh, talk about this more in this podcast. Yeah, so how it basically works, you know, those are the topics we're getting into is we kind of follow a bit of a similar routine as we did on our retreats, meaning we do uh, weekly or biweekly, we have a yoga meditation routine, qigong exercises. So it's really experiential. And we also give people self-work exercises to work on themselves, as well as like hours and hours of video that you can watch on these topics. So it's not just learning about these mentally. We yeah. go through the process in a group. We all engage in a spiritual practice. And then we have a private group um, just for the people who have entered the, the program where they can share experiences as well as we have weekly Zoom calls where we do sharing circles. You can ask any questions and we do coaching with the group. So it is really like an intensive experience. You know, it is really a, a group experience as well. And it's completely holistic. So this is not your 
Like, you know, it's not just a mental educational program. We're really guiding you through specific embodiment practices so that you can really understand these concepts experientially because my my perspective and my experience is that you can do all the intellectual learning in the world, but until you actually have a direct experience of something, you're not really getting it. So yeah. direct experience with shadow work, direct experience working with your triggers, you know, um, direct experience accessing the true self, like all of that is our, our, our basic aim. And it is really important too to have that community aspect. It's really beautiful seeing people connect in times like these. I think it's also a kind of... Um, kind of community repair since a lot of people are changing friends and you know changing their own belief systems over the past couple years and a lot of shifts have been happening so we're really trying to kind of anchor a greater kind of Aquarian brotherhoods you know uh, uniting humanity across the globe with a common aim which I feel is to really use these times to work on ourselves in a deep way and using the group container to do that. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, so that thanks, thanks for pointing out. That's very important to note that this course is experiential because it's not just about intellectual information. We have all the information out there. In fact, there's an information overload. And you cannot initiate change alone just by sharing information or reading information or trying to present others' information. It should be more than obvious uh, right now that a lot of people you cannot reach by facts, information, or common sense alone, or even reason. So we need to engage in the deeper work to become, to change our, not only our being, but to connect to our true essence. And we need to do this experientially with practical effort, so to speak, right? Because as many of you, for example, figured out or um, seen in yourself, you can delude yourself, you know, that you maybe, for example, understand a certain issue or a certain problem in your life intellectually, what relates to childhood, whatever it may be, but the body has not processed it. So as Laura said, it's not just, especially not getting into talk therapy or, or story, but the somatic approach. And we have very powerful practices and exercises that go deep within all that. Okay, so if you want to join us, I recommend you hop on soon because we're almost halfway full and we haven't even really promoted it. So it seems to be getting more popular and more popular. Um, but you can go to Veil of Reality, Bernhard's website under courses. Also, the link is in the info section. So, so yeah, and one of the topics that we actually get into in the program is this idea of evolutionary relationships. So just to define that, we do see that there's a potential for relationships to evolve. And basically what they've evolved from is first my own grandparents' generation uh, who lived in during World War I, World War II. You know, the relationships were primarily based on security, so physical physically based relationships. So they, my grandmother married my grandmother because, you know, he was going to be the caretaker, traditional gender roles, etc. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but they were based mainly on security. People got married very young. And then what that moved into, which is my own parents' generation and even people who I see out in the world today, primarily relationships that are based on Mutual interests, so hobbies, shared pastimes, activities, intellectual, and relationships that are based on emotions and conditional love. So I would say that 
these three types of relationships are the most common out there. And relationships that were based on emotions and conditional love is probably the most dominant, at least in Western culture. So this means the reason it's conditional love is because it often is based off of projections, romantic projections that happen in the early phase of dating where your partner is like the most amazing person in the world and they're perfect and can never do any wrong. And these emotions and these strong um, emotional positive projections are often based off of unmet childhood needs. Not that there's anything wrong with those being present, but it's really important if you want to bring more consciousness to your relationships that you're able to, you know, observe your projections, understand why they're there, understand what they're telling you rather than think that your partner is your projections. So that's really clear. That's really important to even just develop clarity on like, who is this person in front of me that I've fallen in love with, you know, because a lot of the times people actually fall in love with their projections of the person then they get married or get in a relationship with someone. They don't end up being the person that they projected them, them to be. And then they end up feeling disappointed, right? When the reality is, is it's actually, if you want to bring more consciousness to your relationships, you actually have to take back your projections. Mm. So that's the so that's the most common relationship that we see. These relationships based on emotions and conditional love. And then what we're seeing or what I think that's going to be happening with a lot of people is where we have this next stage of, of relationships where they're based off of true love, which means essence to essence, as opposed to personality to personality. So for the most part, essence is who you truly are. It's not your conditioning. It's not who you learned how to be through the world. You know, it's just your pure essential nature, your true nature. That's essence. Whereas for the most part, most relationships that you see out of there, which I would define as like matrix-based relationships, are actually based off of false personality to false personality. So a lot of these, a lot of these people who are getting involved in these relationships, which are based off of uh, projections, uh, conditional love, even mutual interest or whatever, they don't even know themselves, so they can't evolve to this next level of relationship. So so let me just uh, finish this off. And so when the relationship is primarily based off of essence to essence, doesn't mean you don't have triggers, wounds, or whatever stuff to work through, then the relationship can be used as a container for spiritual growth. And ultimately, the relationship is between you and the other person and the divine. It's not just you and the other person. So this is the next phase of relationships we see is becoming available However, it does take a prerequisite in being able to, number one, be committed to growth. Both people need to be committed to growth and having some level of conscious relationship skills so that you can even use the relationship to evolve. Because if you don't know how to actually use any relationship in your life to evolve, you can't enter a relationship that's based on that. It's just common sense. Are you yeah. going to say something? Yeah, no, no. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I just wanted to also point out and out of the title, the difference between matrix relationships and evolutionary relationships. So we define quote unquote basic matrix relationships that are based on the first three Laura mentioned, just on based on security, physical survival, or just mutual interest as hobbies. And the other one, emotions or conditional love, right? Based on the projections or you know, unmet childhood wounds we project or needs we project on the partner trying to get it from them. And I also wanted to point out that's really key to understand uh, personality versus essence because most people 
mistake the true self for or mistake the personality for the true self right so yes. they think they are they are they are they are conditioning programming even wounding trauma their identifications and all of that and so they look somebody to match personality for personality but that will never bring f true fulfillment and true quote-unquote happiness it only happens if you connect with your true self the true self and what is needed for that is also the foundation in the divine to really know thyself right so we do not you know personality always tries to fulfill itself externally so any relationship you enter out of like neediness or feeling alone or just trying to use somebody else to fulfill your happiness that's based on you know that's kind of like quote-unquote a matrix relationship based on personality as opposed to essence and this also doesn't just relate to romantic relationships, although that seems to be when the emotions are the strongest and the projections are the strongest, but even friendships, you know, like you could have friends where there isn't any amount of depth in the connection. You just share things in common, quote unquote, but you don't share deeper things in common. Like you don't share a similar value system. You don't share a similar vision for the world, you know? And what I see basically going on, and we've talked about this in another episode, which I can highly recommend, um, does everyone have the potential to wake up? Um, is that a lot of people are basically individuating because of the past year. They're starting to question the consensus, question the status quo. This also is a necessary stage on the quote unquote moving into the spiritual path is this individuation process where your old friends, your old relationships are no longer in alignment with the person that you're becoming. And it is a painful process often to go from that kind of consensus matrix way of living and all of your relationships that are in, in that uh, reality to a truly individuated state. So, you know, I can just share an experience that I had. I had, we've talked about this on other podcasts, but in 2012, I had an intense like awakening experience where based off of me recovering from a serious addiction, I prayed to the divine. I had all these experiences of kind of divine intervention in my life. And I basically rebuilt my whole life from mind, body and spirit. However, I had all sorts of friends from the era of my life up until then, which is actually my Saturn return, if anyone's into astrology. Like it was my nodal opposition to my Saturn return. But I had a bunch of old friends from this old era before I actually started turning to inner work, self-work, and mainly my own spiritual practice. Like that was my, that was the big shift. I went from pretty much someone who was like not involved in any sort of spiritual stuff, even though I was into astrology, to being completely committed to a daily practice. And I had all sorts of friends left over from that era who, as I started to develop and focus more on spiritual self-work, the gap between us got wider and wider. And it was the only way that I could relate to them is if I started acting as a false personality, i.e. the person that I was. And I see this happening in a lot of people we coach with is they start to change and then the people around them are still the same. And then this gap between them gets wider and wider and more uncomfortable and more uncomfortable the more that you commit, commit to growth because you can only kind of meet them at their level, but they're not able to meet you at their level because they haven't made that commitment to growth. So eventually there becomes a choice and there becomes a clash of value systems, I think, at a certain point. 
especially over the past year. Like it's easy to pretend and get along with the consensus state when, you know, there isn't this much polarization in the world, but it's become much harder and harder. And the reason being is because the consensus state is being trained to to that anyone who's individuating outside of the grand narrative of COVID is, is an enemy is basically, you know, they're literally even calling people who, who don't get vaccinated variant factories. It's like the new term. So, you know, it's very different these days being someone who's individuating, who's evolving and trying to get along in with these matrix based relationships. And I'm not saying it's not possible, you know, but you will not be able to be met at your level if you're if you're involving yourself in these relationships which you've grown past, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. And also I want to just add to that it's it's a very important topic because also the reason we brought up this topic, which we also go much more depth into the course, because we see this in the people we've been working with, be it one on one or course participants who are on the verge of, you know, uh, leaving the consensus state, to, so to speak, and starting to become individuated. And there's kind of like, um, you know, how can I say, like a um, transition phase, and you can move back and forth, and there's a lot of struggle or stuff, you know, like uncertainty, or people are not clear because they still cannot let go. And we see this in personal relationships and couples, right? One person, one uh, partner, quote unquote, wakes up, starts to seek truth, engage in the work by the other a partner doesn't, right? And they're still, they maybe sometimes trying to hold on, hope the partner changes or trying to make him or her wake up, which you cannot do by force and, and you need to respect free will, right? Or it happens within family and friends, yeah. right? Where like one person wakes, uh, wakes up and then people have a lot of struggle, uh, you know, that uh, they cannot be their authentic self to the family because then ties into attachment versus authenticity. So it's important to be authentic, but then you may lose relationships. And that's what I've noticed, what we have noticed, keeps people truly from individuating, from becoming their own authority, so to speak, and really progress in the evolutionary road or path uh, because they're still holding on to old relationships that are outdated. And it's not about... Uh, you know, demonizing whatnot. It's just like understanding that everybody has their own soul progression and soul path. And I just have to say, you know, that loss of relationship is going to happen whether, and, and, and I'm not just saying that you need to just move on, not be friends with these people. But what I've noticed is that the relationship that you once had with them has to die once you start growing, you yeah. know? So if for, for me, for the example that I gave, a lot of my friends were actually social justice warrior leftists for the most part, because I grew up in that kind of liberal, uh, you know, hippie environment. And as my own beliefs changed, you know, the only way that I, 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 I had to basically pretend to be a different person in order to be around them. So yeah. I had to grieve the loss of the connection that I once had with a lot of people when I was on their level, when I was able to talk with them in the same ideological framework that they were into, right? So that's what needs to be grieved is like the loss of relationship is needs to be grieved whether you need to move on from that relationship and find new friends or you just realize that the way that I was relating to this person can no longer be because I've changed and I don't relate to myself like that anymore. And then realize that there's a new phase of relating. And that's what I had to go through as yeah. well. So on that note, also what, you know, what happens as well on, and on that path, on this kind of like individuating path, it's about facing loneliness. 
right? Because that will come up as well. Yes, and that's a hard, that keeps or prevents people sometimes from letting go, you know. Yeah. And there's also some sort of obligation, especially with blood family and whatnot, you know. And it's not about getting turned against them and calling them sheep. It's just understanding, you know, that relationships need to change in this day and age. Hence, evolutionary relationships. And as Laura just mentioned, it's not just one-on-one -on -one intimate relationships, but all relationships. Because if you think about it. All there is are relationships, how you relate, period, right? To your friends, family, strangers, online, offline, it is about relating. And as you change deep within, then the outside world would change as well, according to the hermetic principle, as within, so without, as without, so within, right? But, you know, what I've seen a lot of people, then they they feel loneliness and they attach themselves to outdated relationships from their old personality self because they don't want to be alone. But facing loneliness is a very important aspect of the path it's know, an I, important aspect of the individuation of process the, exactly individuation process because ultimately loneliness the lesson of loneliness is to be by yourself not to fulfill yourself with other people other things or uh, you know just to keep busy just to bypass your loneliness and the lesson of loneliness is to find solitude within yourself connect to essence of who you truly are and ultimately to the divine which is the most important relationship yeah and that loneliness is a very extremely and you can't skip that process of individuation because what you're doing is you're kind of withdrawing your identification on the consensus reality. And I mean consensus reality, and I'll just go over this again for those who didn't hear the other podcast, is like the consensus is the mainstream, is basically the matrix. So yeah. these are any anyone who basically conforms to the ideas of society, their culture, you know, they get their values, their sense of meaning of life, their morals, and their sense of what is right, wrong from whatever society tells them. So that's what they identify with. And then when we start, it, they're basically very conditioned by the times that they live in. That's all that they can't step outside the box, right? And then what happens in the 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 stage of the first stage of the individuated state is. You, tr you start to individuate, you start to realize there's something different about you that can't be defined by the consensus reality that you were born in. There's something very unique about you. You start to just feel different, right? And then what happens is, is you start to individuate from this consensus state and this very first stage of individuation, usually people try to... Um, you know, compensate for their inner feeling of alienation by trying to appear normal. So they, tr even though there's something different about them, they may even have unique interests. They may start listening to like this podcast, for instance, but be very trapped in a matrix job. They'll still try to have a normal life, normal job, normal friends, normal appearance. Yet inwardly, they would start to feel, I can no longer identify with this reality. Um, because they're still attached to the consensus and the sense of security slash even belonging familiarity that it provides. And the reason that they're still attached to this security and familiarity that their quote unquote normal life provides is because there's been unmet needs in childhood around core valid like being validated for who they truly were in childhood so they're still trying to get the unmet needs the unmet validation needs from childhood met from the outside world does that make sense yeah. and then and then to the extent that you haven't resolved those unmet childhood needs you're still going to try to look for approval from your friends from your family from your work i'm okay it's okay to be who i am and you're never going to get it 
this is why this is one of the hardest phases to enter from this kind of matrix way, consensus way of being into the individuated state. Because number one, you really have to become independent in your sense of yourself, meaning your sense of validation comes from just knowing it's okay to be yourself, that you're an amazing person and you have something valuable to offer the er er world just by the essence of being yourself. And you're not looking anymore for validation from the outside world. So that's the key thing. Yeah. So that's very important to understand this, um, the, the transition, so to speak. And what you just mentioned when, you know, a lot of people can see this when they get out of consensus state and starting to individuate. It's like literally living in two realities or living two lives almost. You know, some people may even secretly, you know, research the quote matrix, listen to podcasts, but still live, you know, That's a very how it matrix, begins. how it begins. Yeah. But as you mentioned, from within, a new reality opens up. And I would say that's then the true calling of the soul, the seed, mm -hmm. the growth of the soul starts right there. When, the, as Shirobin would say, the psychic being makes its emergence, is looking for some higher connection, some higher guidance connecting to the to essence, so to speak, to the divine. That's kind of like a little sprout. You know, and that's really when 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 the, the spiritual journey also begins because in the consensus state, people are not truly really connected to their soul. All their beliefs, opinions are from the, um, the matrix hive mindset. And it ties also from, you can look at it, as you just mentioned, from the psychological perspective, meaning like, as you just mentioned in the consensus state, unmet sheltered needs are being trying to fulfill it from the outside. Or from the esoteric perspective, right, the higher centers haven't been activated yet. Yeah, ties a bit into, into the uh, topic from esoteric perspective, organic portals, soulless humans who just, you know, live on the first three chakras and haven't activated the higher um, chakras. But it's important to understand many people mistake all kinds of things for their soul, which is not their soul. But this true soul growth also starts with the individuating process. And, you know, to go further with it, which I'm not sure we're going to touch here, but after the individuated state, then comes the spiritual state, right? Yeah, that's why it is really important. And I've seen, like, I, I think the number one thing I see in people who spiritual bypass, actually, or there's a lot of people who have an intellectual understanding of spiritual concepts who haven't individuated. They mm -hmm. All of their beliefs, all of their thoughts, the person who they think they are is a reflection of the consensus state. So the hallmark of being individuated is being able to form opinions for yourself and being able to be like, okay, this is what I read. Is that true for me? Can I unpack that? And this is beyond critical thinking too. It's about really asking yourself deeper questions in life. What do I, what do I believe? Where do I get that belief from? You know, really it, it's hard. It is a hard it is a hard internal process to go through because you really have to examine every aspect of your conditioning, where you got your beliefs about yourself from, where you got your beliefs about the world, and truly to discover what's unique about you. You know, and I have to say the reason that this moving from the the kind of matrix consensus state into this more evolved state is so hard because what happens is, is the consensus wants the consensus to stay the same. The matrix wants the matrix to stay the same. So if anyone starts to individuate, 
within that consensus state, the consensus will backlash. And that's when you have right. the agent Smith try and keep you in line, being like, why do you think this about vaccines? It's obviously not what the CDC is telling us, you know, and something is wrong with you, you know? So there is, a, there's always going to be this backlash against someone who's individuating and the consensus right. state. And that's why you have to not rely on these opinions of the consensus state to get your sense of value about yourself. This is when you make the step. The individuation process is the self, the capital self becomes the central resource. So I can speak out and say an, an unpopular opinion to even people who I know are going to disagree with me because I don't need their validation. I don't care what they what they think of me. You know, I don't I'll 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 hear them. I'll hear them out and be mature and um, listen to what they have to say. However, I am not depending on my sense of self on what they think of me or what they don't think of me or if they agree with me and disagree with me. And that is such an important phase yeah. for the soul. And the only way that you can reach the spiritualized state is through the individuation process. So when a lot of people come in and be like, oh, but we're all one, you know, we th there's no such thing as, um, you know, they, they basically take this non-dualistic approach to reality, not realizing that the individuation process and decide and realizing what's unique about you, what are your unique gifts to share with the world is the only gateway to those higher spiritual experiences. Yeah, exactly. So there's some very important points you touched upon. Number one, Exactly. The consensus state is the matrix. That's where, you know, when you start to individuate, that's how the ego slumber of the world of the collective tries to uh, drag you back down. Hence, the occult forces, the hostile forces, whatever, work as Agent Smiths through others trying to back, get you back in line, back into a consensus state. Yeah. Right? And and it also ties, you know, the consensus state, you can equate it with what is called in esoteric Christianity, the general law, right? That puts everybody back into place who tries to escape the general law, so to speak, of the, of the consensus data and all that so you see this mirrored in, in various different uh, esoteric traditions exactly that evolution this is archetypal right yeah. but yours it's very important because many people engage in spiritual bypassing because they get out of the consent you know some sort of awakening within the consensus and they try to jump into the spiritual state not understanding even Sri Yobindo talked about the first stage of, of, of conscious evolution is to separate from the crowd this yes. is what he said separate from the masses and that's individuation process and that's what even Carl Jung said Sri Yobindo many other masters of, of modern age that before that's a paradox before you can engage in deeper uh, esoteric spiritual work and even unite with the divine you need to build a healthy ego Right, that's the individuation state is building a healthy ego, which means not the conditioned ego, right? That's that's a consensus state, but understanding that you know my person, I'm not my personality. I need to connect to essence, my true self, individuated self, and personality needs to become a clear expression of essence. Right, mm -hmm. that's the true individuated ego, separated, and then you move on to the spiritual state. So that's kind of the, the journey, and even like. You know, the paradox was pointed about by Carl Jung when in his quote, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, the first half of your life is, is about, uh, um, you know, creating your healthy, integrated ego. And the second half of life is destroying it or getting rid of it. That's when you kind of connect more to your divine higher self, right? Yeah. But many people uh, skip this um, step because of pop spirituality, new age stuff, like wanting to ascend to 5D and all of that and misunderstanding of we are one. And the other thing, you, it's very important to understand what you just mentioned as well. And this is why it's so hard for people really to, it's called literally, that's many different parables in esoteric uh, mysticism talk about this um, the shift from 
consensus state to the individual state as shown as crossing the threshold, right? And this is very, that's an initiatory process. And that also kind of somehow separates the wheat from the chaff. You We're will- able to do that because if you still, there will be phases when, like like you just mentioned, like you, many people start to individuate, but they're still afraid to speak their truth, speak out because of fear of whatever other people may think of them or mm. attack or mm-hmm. conflict or rejection, abandonment. Yeah. But you cannot avoid this. It will come up. And yeah. as long as you try to appease to everyone, as long as you avoid, like, there will be attacks or conflict or interferences. That's just part of the journey. Hence, you need to embody also this the warrior archetype, the spiritual warrior. Because this awakening is not like, again, we have talked about this before, this new age idea of just bliss, love, and light. No, it's it's it brings up a lot of resistance from the world, the collective slum, the consensus, and from within yourself. Because as Laura just said, it will bring all your other stuff up you have avoided. You need to look sincerely within yourself, where your beliefs come from, your wounds, your traumas, all of which these occult forces or the age of Smith use to tag into, to drag you back into the consensus state yeah exactly and so you know what happens is is once you start to individuate you know and you're being so basically in the first phase of individuation you start to kind of develop different interests but you keep them private from the consensus people in your life so maybe you're even listening to this podcast and you would never be able yeah you would never (laughs) be able to talk to anyone who you know about it you know, so then what happens is when in the first stage of individuation process, you kind of find these like safe groups where you can be individuated, right? And then what happens is in the second div- subdivision of the individuated state, you know, th- this is where this really uh, period of rebellion sinks in and you're like, okay, I'm going to say what I think to the people around me. I don't care how they respond, you know? Um, and there can even be this feeling of alienation gets very strong. I would say that this feeling of alienation kind of goes hand in hand with loneliness. Alienation in the sense where you realize like there's something very different from me. I don't identify with the consensus matrix reality anymore, you know. And so what happens is, is like the people then end up really identifying with the counterculture of society and they be they become very critical of society at this stage which reinforces almost a sense of self-righteousness around alienation so you know even this truther community or the spiritual community that develops you know this is kind of like these countercultures of society you know and they're almost like it's like the rebellion against society which is really important to kind of shake off the conditioning of society, but that's also not the end of the individuated state. The end of the individuated state is when you start to actually become a truly unique and gifted individual. You find the unique gift that you have to help the consensus evolve. You're able to be in the consensus without identifying with the consensus, without getting triggered with the consensus. You could even have a consensus job, which is a expression of your individuation but you're not identified with it anymore so that's really key is that if you want to move into the spiritualized state it's like are you individuated have you creatively self-actualized your life and i see a lot of people who just engage in a lot of spiritual bypassing and they just don't want to be a part of the world you know they just yeah. want to disconnect yeah that reminds me that's it's, it's classical it ties into the hero's journey right yeah. 
of called adventure, going through the whole process, finding yourself, the treasure, your divine self, your gifts, and then come back to the world with your gifts. Because the, the beginning of the imaginary state is just more about rebelling against the world and all of that. That's to shake off the conditioning. Exactly. Yeah. But then you find within that your deeper calling, your deeper gifts as well, which you can contribute in terms of creation, help uh, build a new world and help consensus people to individuate, so to speak. Yeah. And yeah, you realize you yeah. need a retreat of this world, but you have a higher level, a new level of being of you know of soul integration and that's where the uh, saying ties into being in this world but not of this world you're not affected mm -hmm. as much as you would before negatively by the consensus state yeah. because you're your true self you're not you know thrown off by others anymore you yeah. know who you are basically. yeah so when you're highly individuated you are really also actualizing you manifest your role in society as a truly unique and gifted individual you know so you The, the the most individuated people slash most spiritualized people are said to evolve the next consensus state. So you have to understand there is a return back into the consensus state. So for me, I spent like a few years traveling and going to different countries or whatever. Uh, then I came back into the world and I started working with people again. So that was my kind of return. And for everyone, it's different. But going back to the topic you know, of matrix relationships versus evolutionary relationships is that, you know, if you're in, so if you start to individuate and all of your friends are kind of consensus reality friends, then eventually there will become a choice that has to only come from yourself. There is no right or wrong choice is like, is this relationship serving my highest good? Is this relationship helping me grow? And only you can answer that. And it's each each individual is on their own path in doing that, you know. And I know for myself, at one point, I was still able to kind of be friends with a lot of my consensus friends, even though I could never share with them anything personal or any, even anything I was truly interested in because they didn't share a similar interest as me, you know. And that's the only way that they could relate to people is through similar interests. But then what happened over the past year, and I think this happened to many people, especially when I started speaking out against COVID and masks and lockdowns and all sorts of other stuff, especially the Trump word, you know, um, is that my consensus friends started to attack me. And they, I was no longer just this weird kind of spiritual person. I became dangerous to them. Yeah, the servants of the matrix. Yes, and at that point, I was like, wow, this gap is getting so big and I have to let this relationship go. And even though the relationship was not really like con contributing anything to me, there wasn't adequate like, you know, give or take. I also felt, you know, not very connected to these people anymore. The important step is, is to take that, to go through that grieving process. And then usually I found what happens after that grieving process is the essential loneliness the alienation mm. comes up again you right. know because then it's like okay who then then you know the 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 wounded ego is like well and this is kind of what crossing the threshold has been like for me is like well i'm not gonna have any friends i'm too weird at this point right yeah and and that's kind of and and you do cross that point of no return meaning the point of no return is you can no longer en enter in the consensus slash matrix reality and just be that false personality anymore. There becomes a point where you're like- It's impossible. It's not possible for you to go back. Yeah. And you will, and, and I felt that very viscerally at one point in my journey where I was like, if I keep doing yoga and meditation to the extent that I'm doing it, my consciousness is gonna alter to the point where I will no longer be able to connect with people in the fake way that, I'm, that, that I was still able to do at the time. And then 
that's again, the divine for me had to be my central resource because I couldn't not, my, my sense of connection, belonging, my sense of security in the outer world had to completely dissolve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what that also reminds me of um, this process of individuation, um, you know, with relate to regards to, you know, relationships. And again, we, we talk about all relationships, it can be intimate, family, friends, whoever, right? Um, matrix relationship versus revolutionary relationships. So uh, as you individuate more and more, also on the esoteric or metaphysical level, your soul resonance changes. You embody more essence, right? So your whole being changes. And then, you know, everything is interrelated, right? The outer, again, as above, so below, is within, so without. So that's your reality will actually change. And actually the process of individuation is the true secret to reality creation, by the way, right? Beyond just visualizing your desires or positive thinking and, and all of that, or, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the superficial new edge distortion of it. But that's how you then actually create reality. And then the relationship, as Laura just mentioned, you know, from the consensus state will get, go out of your life. And the more you stick true to yourself and the process of individuation, these relationships go out of your life actually very naturally. That's been my experience. You know, I've been on this journey for quite some time. I mean, I've always been like in some sort of, you know, outsider, all of it. But, you know, when I started my journey consciously more like it's been already 25 years ago, early on, you know, so many friends that were best friends back then, but part of the consensus state have gone naturally out of my life. So there was no necessity to, you know, have a talk about it or whatnot. It's just naturally, there's nothing wrong with it. So that's what we'll see. But if you still hold on to it, there will be a lot of friction, right? There will be because of certain unconscious attachments and all of that. And it's also very important to understand that the transition from consensus to individuated state does not happen by itself. It does not happen by just reading information on the internet, intellectually understanding the matrix. Yeah, this may be part of the journey, but ultimately it comes to the inner work. That's so key, the inner effort and the sincerity within yourself to do the work, like, for example, which we're also offering in the course and whatnot. So it, it's, you know, the um, how much you can individuate it is directly related, proportional to your to your own efforts and your sincerity to engage in the work. It's called the great work for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, so the difference, I think the primary difference between matrix relationships and evolutionary relationships is that if you want to have any relationship, friendship in order to evolve, both people have to have a growth mindset. Yeah. So, you know, and these are two entirely different mindsets and they actually work across purposes to each other. So the fixed mindset, they want a partner or friends who just put them on a pedestal, maybe just go to movies, go to restaurants with them, share superficial things. You know, and they want that friend to just, you know, make them feel perfect and worship them or, or, or a relationship rather. I'm thinking of it from a relationship context, but this also relates to friends. Whereas people with the growth mindset want relationships where both people are helping the other become a better person. So they can, they want someone who can see their faults, help them work on them. They want someone who can challenge them, encourage them to learn new things, you know. Fixed mindset people want total uncritical acceptance and growth mindset people want to confront problems and use them as a tool for growth. Yeah. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because this is the main difference between using relationships, just matrix relationships and evolutionary relationships. Matrix relationships are very fixed and then evolutionary relationships are 100% focused on growth. 
So these two mindsets are very incompatible in relationship because one, what one person sees as growth, the the other, the fixed per, is a fixed person's worst nightmare, basically. It's so like a threat, basically. Yeah, because yeah. so if you say, if you have a conflict with your friend or you notice like, well, like, you know, for me, it became basically impossible at a certain point because I'm a millennial and a lot of my friends are woke people very early adopters of woke, <laughs> woke, woke um, um, ideology. But at a certain point, I couldn't actually speak my mind about the problems that I saw arising in this SJW culture because I didn't have a growth mindset. And so it was like things were just problematic, you know, things were just problematic and needed to be canceled, basically. And even, you know, I had a conversation with a friend uh, you know, about s certain unique interests that I saw arising and they would just treat me like I was crazy or weird, you know? So I was like, eventually at a point I was like, I can't even be myself in these relationships. What are they actually, what are they actually offering me? And that's a question I think we have to ask ourselves is if you can't actually be who you truly are in a relationship, what is the relationship based on? Yeah. And I see that a lot. And, you know, you have to, I think in order to grow and evolve, you really have to get comfortable with letting go, with grieving and moving forward in life, you know, and a lot of people aren't able to do that because of their own attachments based off of unmet childhood needs and, uh, and, and the conditioning factors of childhood. Yeah, exactly. So, Exxon, we are uh, nearing the end of the first hour. And um, the second hour now, we want to dive deeper and really uh, uh, explore eight very key points or key characteristics of an evolutionary relationship. So we want to talk about that. And we share a little bit more of also, but then we go deep into the course with as well. Again, uh, we have our Time of Transition Embodied Soul Awakening course coming up again, private, private coach, coaching, group coaching program limited to 25 people. And... Um, The dates are August 23rd until November 2nd, 10 weeks, really diving deep, a lot of material, and Laura and I uh, will be guiding you guys through this. And again, you can apply uh, through, because it's by application only, through my website, veilofreality.com under courses, or also in the info section, there's the link to the application and more info about the course as well. And once you apply, we'll present you with more information and Yeah, if you are not a member yet on my website to get access to the second hour uh, to of this podcast or any podcast and also to the membership forum, please also sign up at veilofreality.com and we also appreciate your uh, support for our work. Uh, with that, ha having said that, see you guys on the other side in the second hour. Mm -hmm.